going to be all right. I'm a sister. I'm not alone. The Holy Spirit is helping me. He is helping me. Yes, he is. And we are continuing in the series on love, 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 love. Um, and we have had uh, Catherine talk to us, bring to us a talk on the love of God, as God has loved us in a family. Last week, George talked to us about how we are to take this love and love our neighbors. And today, I'm going to be talking about a subtopic. It's all about love, as if to bring everything together into one beautiful picture. Why the relentless love? Why love? What is love, anyway? Many people will tell you that love is a feeling. It's an emotion. Love is weak. Especially for you Christians, you talk about love. Uh, if one person slaps you on the left cheek, you turn the right. So they slap again. Love, it's uh, for the weak. What does love have to, have to do with anything? Well, thank you for asking. Today we shall figure out the power, the capacity, and the opportunity we have in the love of God. But before we go on, I want to invite Tina Turner, a very old musician. question. It is a real question. Sometimes we throw around this love word and it, it really doesn't make sense. And, and Tina Turner is asking some real questions. Today I'll demonstrate, I'll attempt to demonstrate the power of love, God's love. Um, I think Tina Turner is saying love is a second-hand emotion. I have loved this boy and dumped him. She's loved me and dumped me. We just use it again. It's overused, just like secondhand clothes. They're used. Can be nice, but they're used. It's not special. That's the human kind of love. And today, I won't be talking about it. I'll be talking about the love of God. See, for me, love just like faith, is a substance. Every time I come across these words that are both nouns and verbs, I stop. Because love is a thing. It's, it's, it's not just a verb to love. It's, it's a thing. And today I want to explore deep into it. Why is God interested in this thing? Let's read the Bible. First John if you turn to your Bibles, if you have a Bible, or if you have a gadget, turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 21. We'll read a few verses out of that. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves 
has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world, and look, look at that, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has, seen, has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In a sense, if we love one another, we kind of portray a small image, a sneak peek into who God is. Let's look at verse 17. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on a day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We'll stop here for a while. Let's try and unpack a few things from these verses. I personally never really understood the meaning of love, the God of the love of God, until I understood the concept of God's kingdom. And in order for me to bring this message home, I would like to borrow the concepts of kingdoms and especially the kingdom of God and make my point. And after that, I'll get out of here. I am from the kingdom of Buganda. And I've said that before here. That is my king. Yes. His name is King Robert Mutevi. I am a Muganda because I'm from the kingdom of Buganda. And because I'm from there, I speak Luganda. My people are called Baganda. And as I said, we come from the country called Uganda. So they're all connected. It's a kingdom. In that kingdom, we have a way we do things. We have a way we speak our accent. So much that even after traveling 8,000 kilometers away from home, you can't get me to speak some English words properly. <laughs> I have my Luganda thing in it. It's just mixed thing there. It's a kingdom influence. You go with it. You can't, you, can't, you can't just dump it. My values are shaped by my kingdom, by the Buganda kingdom. So in Buganda, we don't eat and walk at the same time. I'm trying to unlearn it, but you know, it's, 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 you feel weird when you do it. It's different. This is kingdom. This kingdom gives me identity. But I also live in the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Here, in this kingdom, there is a leader, a queen, Her Majesty 
Queen Elizabeth, Alexandra, Mary. Did you know her full name? Some of you didn't. In order to truly appreciate the British kingdom, I must adopt and adapt to the way they do things. I must speak English in a certain way. Now you don't, you're not surprised why I'm speaking slowly <laughs> so that I can get the words properly. Of course, I'm not doing very well. I must understand the slang and the culture of this kingdom. I've not understood why English people say Gloucester instead of Gloucester. It's for me, it's clear. Why do you say Bournemouth? Not Bournemouth. It is clearly Bournemouth. Plymouth. And you guys say Plymouth. They taught us English, but they, they don't seem to say it properly. Yet they can say Manchester properly. You have traditions here as a kingdom. You take tea. You take tea in crisis. You take tea. You take tea every time. And you take it in half cups. I don't know why you have small cups and you make them half. And then you, 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 you pretend to put milk in your cups of tea. And you pay for it. You queue. Even when there are three people at a bus stop and the bus is empty, we queue. We still queue. <laughs> I have had to learn to do that as an African who is used to run after the matatu and get in first time survivors for the fetus. No, 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 no. In, in England, in the UK, we queue. Is the kingdom culture. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to a kingdom that is even greater than these two kingdoms, amazing as they are. The kingdom of God. This is where I want to get my message from today. You see, when we talk about God's love, a lot of times we refer to John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we begin to talk about love in the New Testament. But did you ever ask yourself, what did Jesus come to really do? Was that the beginning of love? No. In fact, Jesus makes it clear. I came to restore something. God's kingdom of love had given us something that Jesus came to restore using the means of love. To understand what I'm saying, let's look at how things were at the start in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth 
Pepe's is also English. I want to make a statement from this verse. That God's original expression of his love was to give us, not Jesus, a brand new set of creation. Him, his friend Jesus, and their cousin Holy Spirit sat down, they created things, and they said, hmm, let's give authority to govern to man. That is the greatest gift God gave, and that is the gift Jesus came to restore to us. That's my opinion. In fact, at the fall, what did man lose? He was asked to leave. He was asked to stop his capacity to influence things left. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say today that I believe that God loved us so that we would influence on his behalf. The word dominion is about influencing. And let me make that point even clearer using the Bible. My technology seems to not be doing me a lot of favor. Matthew chapter 13. Verse 31 to 33, the Bible says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed which a man too can plant in a field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the greatest of garden plants and becomes a tree to the birds and, and the birds, so that birds come and perch in its branches. He told them another. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of God is, of, of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it walked all through the door. If you look at these statements very clearly, they're really not talking about seeds or yeasts, different types of yeasts. No. It's talking about influence. That the seed, small as it was, had the capacity to become a tree. A tree that had fruit, created a home for birds, shelter for people who are traveling, timber for you to sit on, and many things. Just a seed released its potential and it became that. Yeast, in the same way, worked itself through the door to make the little piece of dough become so big that many people could share it. At creation, we were empowered by God to influence. In fact, God is very clear. Let them have dominion over in the list. And we'll explore a little bit of our dominion and its limits and remits. So in a sense, if we are to use Brexit terminology, God, Jesus came to help us take back control. 
We had lost what we lost, really. The thing that God loved us so much to, to give us was influence. That is why you are not a hell of a job. So that you may influence it. So that you may bring the kingdom of God there. We are called to be people who bring the love of God in every circumstance, in every situation. In your home. Have you considered in your body? Is the peace, is the love, is the kingdom of God reigning? In your body, in yourself. Our job is to keep expanding that just like yeast does, working through the whole system. I will take a few tests. I will take us to, I will examine five aspects of the kingdom that will help us to get this together. And once I'm done, I think I'll have made my point. Let's look at some aspects of the kingdom of God using some principles to help us unlock this power to influence this gift of love that God gave us. Number one, every kingdom has a king and this kingdom of God, its king is God. In fact, he calls himself the king of kings, recognizing there are other kings. But he is different. He governs. He's not elected. He doesn't fight for office number 10. No. He is perpetual. He doesn't grow old. We don't wait for him to die. He governs. He establishes how things should be done. And his word is the law. Let me tell you a little bit about this king. This one of the verses that really touches my heart. It is Romans 14, 4, verse 17. But the last bit of it says, And the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not as though they were. That is the kind of God. If you look at Genesis in chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Let there be light. My God, he hadn't even created the sun. He calls things that are not as though they are. That God is also our Father. We share his DNA. So we do things the way he does things. If he calls things that are not as though they are, we can dare call things that are not as though they are. Yes, my daughter has a temperature, but she is well in the name of Jesus. It's not crazy. It's not stupid. It's not dumb. To call things that are not as though they are. Yes, there's a hell. There's a lot of hell on your job. But you can create things if you know that you're a child of God. Because you, you, you share in that DNA. That's a gift to influence. And you can influence through words. Number two, this kingdom has citizens, and I've already alluded to it, that we are the citizens of this kingdom, and we're not just citizens, just like I am a citizen in the Buganda kingdom, and like a citizen in the UK. We are also children. Now, if you are a child of a king, you're not just a normal citizen. Now you are a prince or princess. 
when your wedding is on, like it is on in May, we all know about it. Everyone gets to know that a prince is getting married. And by the way, when you are associated to the prince, Marco's family now, whenever they, wherever they go, they'll be followed by a cameraman because she's now associated with a prince. These are some of the opportunities that we get in being children of God. Children have rights, legal rights, sometimes called civil liberties. We have permission to influence. In Mark 11:23, the Bible says, I, Jesus almost swears, says, most assuredly I say unto you, if you shall say to that mountain, be lifted, be cast into the sea, you will be gone. Have you read the things and they look stupid? I want to tell you, just like the mustard seed, in you, actually, inside of you, child of God, there is that power. And that's the gift of love God gave us. I love this one in Job. It says, 22, 28. It says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be done for you. It's not your business to do it. Child of God, what do you want to decree in your marriage? What do you want to decree in your job? This is the influence. When I talk about God has loved us to influence, God is calling on us to take these tools and use them, bringing about his kingdom. Number three, territory. Every kingdom has territory. And the thing about kingdoms, unlike republics, kingdoms expand. They grow. And kingdoms grow by conquering. In fact, the Bible says the kingdom of God has been suffering violence. And the violent, the violent lay hold of it. Jesus said, of the increase, and about Isaiah, not Jesus, of the increase of his government, referring to Jesus, and peace, there shall be no end. This kingdom thing grows just like yeast. If you left yeast on that bread for a long time, it will spill over. It will just keep growing. It doesn't stop. And in his last remarks, Jesus said to us, go out into the village. No, no, no. He said, into the world. Your world. Each one of us has a world. The world in your workplace. The world in your family. Extended family. The world in your community. God wants us to express his love. His influence. In fact, there's a scripture that says to spread everywhere the fragrance of his love. It's a perfume. And God is looking to us as his children and citizens. And if you're sitting here and you haven't known Jesus, if you're not God, you have not become a citizen, you have an opportunity today to say, King, I want to be more than just a foreigner in your kingdom. I want to be a child Accept me. He is willing to do that today for you. The Constitution is another I want to talk about. 
The Constitution guarantees civil liberties. And in our case, in the kingdom of God, our Constitution is the Bible. It sets out how we are to do things. In God's kingdom, things operate according to the precepts of the Bible. I want to stop here for a little bit and say, the pastor gave me permission to tell you that in case you don't have a Bible and you can't find one, we have some free Bibles. They're brand new, not used. You can take it and read it. Because if you do not know your rights, you can't express them. If you do not know what you're permitted to do, you, you can't express them. I remember when I first drove in this country, I'd get to the roundabout and people would stop and they'd say, hey, come on, you've got... Nobody stop because people on the right have to stop. No, no, one of those, yeah? I needed to understand how do things operate here. In the same way, if you're to really be successful in expanding the influence of God's love into your community, you need to understand what the Bible says. Be part of a small group. Another fa fabulous opportunity to grow. Come to church on a Sunday morning like this. And you hear a black African might talk to you about the word of God. No, there will be, be a Caucasian also speaking about the word of God. Come, listen to the word of God. Be a part of the things that they're putting on, the equip. Many things that are coming up. Have a hunger. What is going to happen is that word of God is going to work in you and you'll see amazing things happening out of your life. Becoming a kind of person. Finally, the kingdoms have laws. And God's word is law. The thing about law is it works all the time. So you don't close your door at night and you say, now the law is closed out. The law works all the time. That's why Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law. By the way, the Bible is called the book of the law. I think, I think it's very intentional. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You will meditate on it so that you'll be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. The book, that word of God. You need to love it in order to apply it. In closing, I refer to Paul. In Ephesians 3.20 he says, and we quote this scripture many times. Now, usually when the service is ending, isn't it, in uh, many places. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. In some places they do assign. According to the power that is at work in us. And they add many other things. And the believers say, Amen. I want to address the scripture and say, look at the words in blue. God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine according to the power that is in you. That is the power I'm talking about. You must allow it to work through you. It can't do anything unless you allow it. How much of that power you allow to work is how much you will see the immeasurably more. If you get a headache and you run for the car keys to go to the next health center, 
that is how much power is going to work. If you have situations and all you do is look for a counselor and, uh, and whatever, God is saying, the power is in you. Release it. How much you release is how much you will get. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, this is my favorite scripture. I couldn't go without saying something about it. It's my favorite scripture of all time. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. If I had continued, it says, and that power is like the working of a mighty strength which God exerted in Christ when he raised him. The same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is in you. And I'm encouraging you, I'm inviting you this morning, allow that power to influence your environment. Let people see a bit of God through us. Let us allow the flow of the power of God out of us. That, my friend, was what Jesus came to restore. Thank you for listening to me. Ah.